Well, one year ago, almost to the day, a bunch of risk takers decided to start a church. And we did so with one simple mission in mind, to leave a trace of God's love everywhere that we went. And we decided that, you know what, we're not going to be a church that hides from our brokenness, but we're actually going to lead with it because there's no power in pretending, is there? And there really isn't anything special about any one of us, but what God seems to be doing through all of us has been absolutely unrealistic. And so with that being said, let me welcome you to the grand opening of Trace Church and our one-year anniversary. Well, my name is Aaron, and I am one of the pastors here, and I could not be more thrilled that you're here with us today. And I want to take a moment and just say thank you to all the first-time guests that are here. You accepted an invitation somewhere, maybe your neighbor, maybe you saw a yard sign, you got one of our crazy door hangers, maybe you saw something on Facebook. I don't know why uh, or how you got the information to come and be a part of this today, but can I just say thank you, like really, really, really thank you to the bottom of my toes. You could do so many different things with your Sunday morning, but you decided to come and be a part of this with us, and that really does mean a lot. It really does. So thank you for being here, and thanks for being a part of this special day with us. Well, it really is incredible all that can happen within the course of a day, isn't it? Or not a course of a day, the course of a year. I mean, if you think about it, there's so many things that can transpire in the course of one year, just like what's happened in and through this church. I mean, a baby can be born and learn to walk in the course of a year. Not our sweet little Madison. She's 16 months old, and she's taking her sweet little time. She's not going to walk anytime soon. She's got three older siblings that are picking her up all the time, and so she doesn't need to get on those two feet just yet. A baby can be conceived and born in the period of year. The Cubs broke a 108-year drought in the course of a year to win the World Series. Many of us became Justin Bieber fans in the course of a year, right? With the song Despacito. No, uh, maybe that was just me. Should have left that one out. If you don't know what that song is, you're not as cool as you think. I'm, I'm serious. So, guys, on a more serious note, some of you allowed for God to do something in your life in the course of this year that can only be explained by a life transformation because you made one decision to put your life in his hands. It's amazing what can happen in the course of a year. It reminds me of the two little boys who found themselves in the hospital waiting room and they're sitting there together and one boy looks at the other boy and he says, so hey man, what are you, what are you here for? And the little boy says, well, I'm here to get my tonsils taken out. Oh, and the other boy says, man, that's no big deal. They did that to me when I was younger, and they're going to put you to sleep. You won't feel a thing when you wake up. They're going to give you popsicles and ice cream. Like, it's going to be great. He said, oh, okay, thanks for telling me that. He said, well, what are you in for? Little boy looks back, and he says, well, I'm here for a circumcision. Other little kid goes, oh, man, they did, they did that to me when I was born, and I didn't walk for a year. <laughs> it's amazing what can happen. Just keep thinking about it. In the course of a year. Guys, here's what I want to do. I want to have a very real, practical conversation today about our life. Because here's what I know. Our years begin to go by more quickly, don't they? One year becomes five years very quick. And what I want to talk about, probably from a bigger perspective, I want to talk about what we're filling those years with. Because whatever we decide to fill those years with will ultimately what will be what our life is full of. And 
I know I can't speak for you, but if most of us are like the rest of us, which I truly believe that's the case, most of us are like the rest of us, I bet you want your life to count. I know I do. Whatever that looks like, whatever amount of time that God gives me, I want that to count. I want it to last. And so let's have a conversation today about and around this idea of what are we filling our years with? Because what we fill our years with will ultimately be what we what our lives are full of. And I want to do that by starting with this. And this, of course, is our logo here at Trace. And the the way I want to talk about this logo is to explain the significance of it. Because I know a lot of you are here for the first time. A lot of you don't know anything about this or understand why. Uh, So what I want to do is I want to explain this logo. This logo means so much to us. And there's so much significance that surrounds it. And so I just want to take a moment and talk about it. You see, this is a play sign. And this play sign represents our call to action. It represents this idea that we're moving towards something. And for us here at Trace Church, that something, his name is Jesus. And we want to move in his direction. We feel like he's called us to be on mission. And so we're moving in his direction. And this reminds us that we are moving towards something together. And then our hope is as we learn what it looks like to receive the love of God. And by the way, in, in one of John's letters, he says that if you don't love, you don't know God. So that means love's a pretty big deal, isn't it? Love needs to be a big part of everything that we do. And so as we're receiving God's love and we're learning what it looks like to leave his love, our hope, and this is where this little dash comes in, our hope is that we're leaving traces of that love everywhere we go. Friends, that means we're on mission. It means that we're never off the hook, no matter if you're in your neighborhood, in your home, with your kids, at your workplace, wherever, in Walmart or Target, Walmart people versus Target people. Can we have a quick survey, Target? Yeah. Walmart's where it's at, guys. You just got to get over it. All right. So this dash, we're hoping to leave traces of God's love everywhere we go. So we're always on mission. But this dash also represents a lot of other things. And, and let me talk about this for a second. You can go back to the mission statement. We want to make it. We wanted to make the mission of this church as simple as possible: to leave a trace of God's love everywhere we go. And our hope. I don't know if what, what brought you here today. I don't know if church is completely new to you. I talked to several people after the first service, and they were like, "Man, I haven't been to church in." One guy said, 12 years." But I feel like this is a place where I can belong. And man, that's it. That's <laughs> that's a win for me. And friends. Anybody can join this mission with us. You don't have to be a super Christian. You don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to have it all figured out. Man, just learn what it means to receive the love of God in your life and then learn what it looks like to leave it everywhere you go. And that brings me to this point. So now what I want to talk about is this is the dash, right? This dash represents the traces of God's love that we're hopefully leaving behind, but this dash also represents our life. Right? I mean, I was born in 1979, and so if you were to look at my life right now, I was born in 1979. Any, anybody else a kid of the 70s? Yeah. Best decade ever, right? The whole seven months that I don't remember anything about. But 1979, and then dash. This dash represents my entire life up to this point. And right now, all of us have one thing in common. Because you're in here and you're living and you're breathing, there's no end date in mind yet. Or there's no end date that's been set yet. And so this dash represents our life. And so let me ask you a question. What are you filling your dash with? What are you filling your years with? Because what we fill our years with will ultimately be be what our life 
is full of. And so what I want to do is just have a really practical conversation today around this dash and what it is that we're filling our life with. If we were to talk about this, we could say that this is also kind of like a timeline, right? I mean, if this represents our entire life, then it's full of everything that's been a part of our life, meaning it's full of all the things that we've done, all the things that we should have done, all the things we wish we shouldn't have done, all the things that we wish we could do over. It's full of hang-ups, for some of us habits and hurts, and if we're honest this morning, for some of us it's full of hangovers. Friends, it's full of moments of passion, it's full of, full of moments of purpose, but again, this, this dash doesn't lie, it's your life, it's also full of moments of pain. It's full of our bruises, our broken dreams, our broken hearts, sometimes our broken families. This dash represents our life. But here's the beauty about this conversation, don't miss this. The fact that we have a date on this end, but there's no date on this end yet, yet tells me, and it should tell all of us, that our best years could still be ahead of us. But in order for that to become a reality, maybe we need to have a real conversation, a serious conversation today about what we're filling our dash with. And so that's what we're going to do. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, can we just take a moment kind of go back and maybe reminisce about some of the things that have happened in our past? And since I have the microphone, I'll just do this myself right now. Right? So let me reminisce about some of the things, right? This could be a timeline. So there were different significant events that happened in my life that I want to talk about. I want to talk about a couple of them. So let's go to 1985 when I was six years old. And what would happen oftentimes when I would leave school, I would go to the YMCA, and that was like an after-school program. And I remember one day specifically, I was in the indoor pool with a girl named Lori Collins, who was also my age. And Lori said, Aaron, I want you to go under the water and meet me. I said, okay. So I went under the water, and Lori gave me my first kiss. Friends, I went under that water as a boy, but I came out of that water... <laughs> Or what about this? Fast forward a couple more years after I was six. I think I was like eight years old. And it was the Paris Bourbon County Fair. I grew up in a small town in Kentucky. And it was the Paris Bourbon County Fair. And I had this big wheel. It was a Batman big wheel. And they had a, a big wheel race every single day of the fair, five days in a row. And if you got in the top three spots, you got to move to the next day to be a part of that race. And so I made it to the final race the fifth day of the Bourbon, Paris Bourbon County Fair. Now, this was that time, as a time frame when, like, your neighborhood was really a neighborhood, and all of my neighbors came up to cheer for me in this big wheel race. And, friends, I'm pretty proud to tell you today, I won that freaking race. <laughs> and I got the two liter of Pepsi to prove it. Also a trophy. And when I walked down the streets of my town after that, people would point to me and say, there's the kid that won that. Okay, that actually didn't happen, but this is my moment, right? I get to reminisce and remember it the way that I want to. But friends, here, here's, here's reality, right? Not everything in this is good, is it? They're not all fond memories. Not all memories of excitement and joy. Some of them are tough. Some of them are hard. Sometimes we don't even want to revisit them. Sometimes there were big mistakes that defined us, unfortunately. Can I talk about one of those with you guys this morning? Again, we want to be a church here that leads with transparency, and so what I want to do right now is be a little transparent and talk to you about one of those moments in my timeline, in my dash, up till now, 
I'm not so proud of. You see, in 1999, somewhere in there, I found myself sitting in a jail cell. And at that point in my life, I had two DUIs. Possession of marijuana, drug paraphernalia, concealed deadly weapon, attempt to elude an officer, possession of alcohol as a minor. And I found myself sitting in this jail cell thinking to myself, you are such a loser. How in the world did you allow your life to get to this point? How did you allow, Aaron, the, to put, why, why did you allow yourself to make these stupid decisions, putting yourself at 19 years old in a jail cell, and then there was that little whisper, maybe you've heard this whisper before, where it's like, this is who you are, and this is who you're always going to be. You're a screw up. You're messed up. This is, defi this is defining you, Aaron. This is who you are. But then I started to try to listen for the voice of God in my life. Because I didn't want my mistake to define me in that moment. I wanted God to use it as a defining moment for me moving forward. And if you're here today and you need to hear this, please lean forward because all of us have a tendency to do this in our lives where we allow the previous mistakes, things that have happened in the, <clears throat> in the past of our dash to define who we're supposed to be in the future. But God says, no, that's not how I work. And so make sure you hear this today. God doesn't want your mistakes to define you, but he wants to use them as a defining moment for you. I love how the message version of the Bible puts this. Uh, Paul says this in his letter to the Romans. He says, we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good, meaning God takes your mistakes that the enemy wants to use to define you, and he says, no, 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 I'm going to use them as a defining moment for you. I just need you to start filling your dash, your space, with things that will last. Guys, we all have these defining moments in our lives, but it is possible that you've overlooked yours. It's possible that you have allowed our enemy to tell you that you're somebody that you're not because of those things that follow you, that are on your timeline, that are in your dash. And so in case I may be the first person or maybe the only person that has ever gotten a chance to tell you this, I want to I take a moment and encourage you to hear something, maybe with new ears. Maybe hear it differently or hear it for the first time. And here's what I know. God wants to take the pain of your life, the painful moments of your life, and he actually wants to give you a purpose with them now. That's what we just read in that verse in Romans. He wants to take the mistakes from your past and give you and set you out on a new mission. He wants to take the hurtful nature of your past and replace it with the healing nature of who he is. And he wants to take the most broken, listen to me, the most broken pieces of your life and do something beautiful. Do you know why I can say that with so much conviction? Because I'm the lead pastor of a freaking church. You, understand, you don't understand how crazy this is. This whole story of Trace has been unrealistic, beginning with the lead pastor. Guys, so here's what I want to do. And I know this is a bold statement, and maybe it's too bold of a statement, but man, I'm just going to give it a shot. This may be my only shot to talk, talk to many of you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. What if today became a defining moment for you? What if today became a defining moment for you, specifically meaning, what if you started filling your dash with things that will last? What if you started filling your dash with things that were meaningful, that actually made a difference, and not just things that surrounded who you were, right? I mean, we're in this narcissistic society. As an American, you're automatically a consumer. 
And we begin focusing so much on just the things, our own little world and everything going on in our life, and we stop seeing people. That's why we have a phrase here at Trace. We want to we help you see people again because you see them, but you don't really see them because you're just looking past them because in that moment, you're just reflecting on your own life. And God says, listen, I'm trying to help you to see people because your life can make a difference in the lives of others, but that'll never happen. You'll never leave a trace of God's love if you don't first stop and slow down enough to just see the people that he's putting in your life. And so that's what my hope is today, that it could actually be a defining moment for each of you. Where you say, you know what, today from this, from this point forward until there's a date at the end of my dash, I'm going to start filling my gears with things that will last. I don't know what that looks like for you today, but I think it's a conversation all of us can have with ourselves, and it really leads me to our one thing. Fill your dash with things that will last. Fill your dash with things that will last. And maybe there's a question that automatically comes to your mind, maybe you've already been thinking it, that comes on the other end of this statement. Well, what is lasting? I mean, what is lasting? Isn't that a very subjective question? Aaron, what is lasting? I could say what I think is lasting, but what do you think is lasting? But ultimately, guys, what we need to, the conversation we need to have is what does God think is lasting? And so before we move forward with this conversation, I want us to go to some words of Jesus, something that Jesus says on this subject. And when he brings this up, it's not necessarily things that we should be doing and should be filling our days with. It's actually things that we shouldn't be doing. And so I want to read from Matthew chapter... Uh, 6, beginning in verse 25. If you have your Bibles, great. If not, you can follow us on the screens here. Here's what Jesus says. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Time out. I could preach a whole sermon on this. Would anybody like to stop worrying as much? I mean, aren't we a people of worry? Man, this thing, this this idea of anxiousness and worry plagued me for several years of my life. And again, just a moment of transparency. I don't even like sharing this kind of stuff. But what I finally found the root of that anxiousness and anxiety was, was because I was focused too much on myself. You'll learn this about yourself. If you focus too much on yourself, you will be a more anxious person because you're thinking about how everything affects you. And you'll be anxious. I love Philippians 4, 6 through 7, where Paul says this when he's writing to the church in Philippi. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I love this, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Anybody want that in their life right now? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will actually guard your heart in Christ Jesus. I want that. I want that to be one of the things that I'm filling my days with. Jesus goes on, he says, well, he says, so don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Time out. <laughs> Have you ever paid attention how much time we spend on food, right? I mean, what diet are you going to be on this week? I'm going to be on a paleo diet. I'm going all protein. I'm going all, you know, fish oil. I don't know. I mean, we do stupid things. I don't know what it is. And then we're, you know, it's like, hey, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Hey, where do you want to go for lunch today? If you're married, you've had this conversation. Hey, where do you want to eat? I don't care. Okay, let's go here. I don't want to go there, right? You've been there. We focus so much on food, and I know we got to eat, right? We got to eat, and we got to wear clothes. But Jesus says, "Man, you should probably stop focusing on that stuff as much as you do." One of the one of the interesting thing that, things that's happening in our staff right now, and it wasn't prompted by me; it's just something that started happening in a conversation that we all began to have together, was this idea of 
uh, what's essential in minimalizing our lives, meaning getting rid of the clutter. I don't know if you've seen that documentary called Minimalism, but it's this idea of getting rid of some of your junk, man. We've got so much stuff, and it starts to clutter your life. And something, that, something has happened over the last several decades, and I bet you can identify with this statement. You say, we used to love people and use our stuff. But with time, I think we're starting to be conditioned to use people and love our stuff. Friends, we, we've got to get back on track. And we've got to start filling our time and our years with things that will last. Jesus continues and he says, So don't worry about what your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I don't want to fill any more of my days or my years with unnecessary worry. I bet you're like me. In John 15, verse 5, actually, let me jump down. Let me share one more verse after Matthew 6. And then Jesus says this a few verses down. He says, but seek first his kingdom. You know, all that, all that other stuff that you're doing, all that stuff you're getting caught up in, all the time you spend thinking about food and what you're going to wear and all this stuff, Jesus says, okay, let's put that aside and, and then listen to me. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and then all these other things. Let me paraphrase here. They'll figure themselves out. Stop worrying about unnecessary things. Here's something else Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 5, that's important for our conversation today. He says, listen, I am divine. And you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And again, paraphrase, much fruit, things that will last. He says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, for those of you that are here today, and maybe you're not a believer, maybe you haven't put your faith in Christ, maybe you got invited here, you got guilted into coming here, whatever that is, we have several people that actually come here uh, that are still on the fence of whether or not all this is real and whether this is something they would want to invest their lives in. Listen, keep coming. Like, this is a safe place where you can belong before you believe. It really is. Keep coming, but keep asking questions. Don't just sit in your doubt because what your response may be to that verse, for, apart from me, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Maybe your response to that is, of course I can. I can do tons of things without you, Jesus. And I think Jesus' response to you would be this, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from but they won't be things that will last. I want to fill my years. I want to fill my dash with things that will last. I've been wrestling with this question all week because, again, we come back to that question. Well, what are things that are lasting? And here are the top three things that I came up with. They may not be your top three things, but maybe you'll find yourself in agreement with me after you see them. Here's what I've learned are things that are lasting. The love that we leave the relationships that we build, and I'm talking about life-giving relationships, not those surface kind of relationships, and the lives that are changed in Jesus. I want to take a moment, and I want to explain each of these. This one's pretty easy, if you ask me, the love that we leave. When Paul was writing a letter to the church in Corinth, he said something, and if you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard this. He said, listen, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It's not self-seeking. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. It always trusts. It always protects. It always hopes, and it will always persevere. Love never fails. 
Friends, if love never fails, I think we could all agree that it's lasting. And so I want to fill my dash with as much love as I can possibly muster up. And I'm learning what that looks like each and every year of how I can do that better and more. Second one, life-giving relationships. These life-giving relationships that we build. Let me tell you something else that happened in, uh, on my timeline back in my dash. I met a guy when I was 22 years old that decided to speak into my life in a very powerful way. And he challenged me, and he knew that I was a believer, but I was kind of one of those lukewarm believers, kind of uh, convenient Christian, you know, just following Jesus when it was convenient for me. And so he started challenging me and calling me to the table, and he started taking me to these big men's events called Promise Keepers and different things, telling me and encouraging me to be the man of God that God had called me to be. And this radically changed my life. Now, some of you guys don't know this, but I had a completely different career uh, before I got into ministry. I never had a, any hopes or desires to get into ministry. I used to own a health and wellness business, and I had my career path set. I was doing good. I was living the American dream. But this guy, his name was John, he saw something in me that I didn't see within myself, and he started to pull it out of me. And if it weren't for John, I can assure you this is true, if it weren't for John, I wouldn't be standing here today. And the interesting thing about this particular story is about five years ago, John died in his sleep of a heart attack. And the boy that he met was a completely different man of God and now in the full-time ministry. And his family, he lived back in Kentucky, his family called me to come back and do his funeral. And I don't know, I, don't, I, I know you can't really wrap your mind, your mind around how uh, important that is, but that's huge because this was a life-giving relationship that changed the course of my life. And even after John's death, his influence is lasting. Friends, the relationships that we build are lasting. Last one, the lives that are changed in and for Jesus. Now, this is lasting, but in a very different way. You see, this is lasting because now we're talking about eternal life. Now we're talking about the fact that on one end of my dash is 1979, and on the other end of my dash is not a date yet, but one day there will be a date, but eternity goes beyond that date, whatever date that will be. Friends, this is the most lasting thing that happens in any of our lives, and it begins with putting your faith and your life in the hands of Jesus. So if we can fill our space with the type of things that would move people in the direction of Jesus, man, that may be the most filling thing, the most lasting thing that we could ever do with our space. Friends, fill your dash with things that will last. Here's what I want to do. I want to close our time together by talking about this t-shirt. This t-shirt is my sermon. It really is, believe it or not. And if you'll notice, over on one side of my t-shirt, there's a dash. But the dash is kind of jagged. It's kind of blurry. Kind of the way some of our lives look right now, right? I mean, we're, we haven't been really intentional with what we're filling our lives with and our years with. And so that's not really defined. The, the trace that we're leaving behind us has not been clearly defined. We're just kind of haphazardly falling, you know, from one year to the next. But as these dashes go around, they become more clear. And as we start to fill our lives with Jesus, with life-building relationships, with love, maybe our purpose starts to become more clearly defined until we are truly a trace of God's love everywhere we go. Friends, you are a trace 
And so leave your trace intentionally, filled with things that will last. This, this circle also means something. It means it's kind of like the circle of life and how we're all going to die one day. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's morbid. I'm not going to... I just made that up. I really did. Just, yeah, it's not what it means. So what, we're, what we would like to do today is actually give you one of these t-shirts. And maybe you saw that happening when you came in today. We want to give you one of these t-shirts. All you have to do, you've got to fill out a little uh, connection card type thing and turn it in. I mean, we are a church. We're going to get your information so we can stock you on a regular basis. Come on, guys. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. So, <laughs> so um, we want to give you one of these. And again, hear, like, hear me on this. Maybe this shirt will help you to remember a defining moment in your life. Because today you decided, you know what? I don't know when, my, when there, there will be a date on the end of my dash. I don't know what that date will be. But I do know this. From this point forward, I'm going to fill my dash with things that will last. Beginning with Jesus. If there's anybody here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, man, come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor Corey. You'll get to meet him in just a second. And let's talk about how to begin filling your dash with things that will last because it has to begin with Jesus. We believe that here. We believe everything begins and it will end with Jesus. And so let's start in the right place. I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. Friends, no matter how jagged or jacked up your dash has looked up, to, up until now, let God take any and all of your mistakes that the enemy tried to use to define you and let him make them into defining moments for you. My hope is that you'll do that today. Let me pray for us. Father, I am so incredibly grateful for the people that are in front of me right now. And I, may, I, I bet some of them are here reluctantly. And I pray that you spoke through me or you just whispered something to them that caused them to think of something differently. God, I, I hope that all of us will leave this room today understanding that, man, life is a gift. It truly is, but it goes by fast. And Lord, so many of us, myself included, have just been very unintentional, very haphazardly going from one year to the next in, in our previous lives. But today, Father, would you help us to put a stake in the ground and say, from this point forward, I'm going to start filling my life, my dash, with things that will last. Beginning with your son, Jesus, and the love that he gives and fills us with, and then life-giving relationships that will live beyond whatever end date you have in mind for us. God, thanks for being a God that listens, and I just pray that you continue to use this church in unrealistic ways. We pray this in Christ's name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.